Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Dropping the Gloves. I hope everybody's doing well. Sorry for the little delay there. The new Riverside recording thing, I don't know when it starts, Tim. So it goes 3-2 and then it disappears. So I have to kind of time it correctly. Zoom would just, there would be that lady. You are now recording. So this is a little bit different. But yeah, thank you for joining us. Tim's here. I'm here. Tim's still got that blank wall of a background. When is that going to change, Tim? I thought you were going to hang up some stuff for the people to see. It's not really a blank wall because the time this gets on, on YouTube or wherever they're watching it, it's going to be cropped and edited so all you can see is what's right around me. And same with the editing, by the way, for the show. Like, they're not going to hear the pause at the end. Our editor's great. He's going to cut right to the beginning. So you don't worry about that, John. You just show up and smile and say what you need to say. You know me. I always work and I'm trying to improve everything. I just, I just want it to be perfect. So... Let us know in the comments in YouTube what you think of Tim's backdrop. I'm, I'm very interested. Because I think mine's a little busy, to be honest. I have my first goal with Buffalo here versus the Toronto Maple Leafs. I have my first NHL game here with the Minnesota Wild. I have my Crown Royal, give generously. I have my All-Star jer All jersey here. I have my All-Star helmet. I have my Rookie of the Year trophy from Thorough Blackhawks when I played Junior B in the Golden Horseshoe. I have my Big John shirt. I have my St. Michael the Archangel statue. I have my Michigan Tech stuff. It might be a little too busy. I don't know. Tim, you went the more modern way. Simplistic. Streamlined. Clean. Just like your lifestyle. You just cut out everything. I do. Very streamlined. I do. It's cleaned. Uh, but someone told us the other day that it, it looks like we're in the same room, just different corners of the room. Because oh. with the king of the wall... <laughs> And he's like, it looks like John decorated and you didn't, but just opposite corners of the room. I'm like, ah, crap. But That's we're really not. funny. We're not. Do you hang up stuff in your house? Like when you move, because you moved about two years ago now, when you get there, it's a blank slate. You bring your own furniture. Do you, what is your decorating aesthetics like? Do you bring in plants? Is there foliage? Do you hang up pictures? Do you have quotes around? Like, Dance like no one's watching. Laugh like it's the end of the world. Like stuff like that. Live, laugh, love. Or just home above yeah. the kitchen. Yeah. No, I do have a lot of plants, but a lot of them are fake because my first apartment downstairs last year was in the, just not a lot of sunlight. Um, a lot of paintings, a lot of like road trip stuff and just pictures. And yeah, I like hanging stuff up. It's very clean, modern, adult man, but but like nice, tasteful, you know, not 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 a boy. I'm a man now. You're 33 now. That's crazy. Yeah, time flies. Do you ever look in the mirror and go, 33? Look at what I've look at where I am. I feel like I lost a couple of years during that COVID downtime in Michigan. But I was what? When did we first meet? 2018, 19. Yeah, around that time. So that was, yeah, you were just a pup. I was a puppy. I was about 27, 28. Yeah, I just took advantage of you. <laughs> Felt so good. <laughs> Here's this young kid, very excited to meet me. I'm like, gotcha. <laughs> now you can't leave. Like, you're with me forever now, Tim. Oh, that's funny. All right, moving on. Let's talk about Give Better. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Give Better. Fantastic company. Bo, who works there, is just a man. She's so great. Give you the shirt off your back if you needed it. it. It's just a very sweet thing, what he's trying to do. He's trying to infiltrate the business of gambling, which is a dirty business, you know, but he's, he's going in there with good intentions and he's trying to help you out. The gambler, the better, the degenerate, just kidding. Everybody who bets, it's fine. Everybody does it. It's legal with give better. 
you can still bet, but a share of your losses goes to a good cause. 25% of every lost bet goes to a charity of your choice. It's a fantastic company. Check it out. Go to givebetter.app slash DTG and turn all those bad beats into good feelies because at least you're doing something right. And guess what, Tim? We're drastically approaching the big draw for two tickets to any NHL game in the entire planet. If you want to go to an overseas game, I'm sure we can make that happen. We don't know when they'll be because Gary Bettman likes to pop them up last minute. Oh, there's a game in Taiwan. Surprise. No one knew about it. You can get tickets to those games potentially. I don't know how it works. If you don't want to go overseas, you stay in North America, stay in your market. Two tickets any lower bowl section, it's fantastic seats. It's a great job. All you have to do is just do a quick little survey. Go to givebetter.app slash DTG. Do a quick survey, and you're entered to win these tickets. They're doing the drawing next week. It's very exciting, right before Thanksgiving. What a gift. You come home, tough week. Say, hey, honey, guess what? Two tickets, lower bowl, we're going on Give Better. So check it out. Tell them we sent you, givebetter.app app slash dtg all right tim what are we doing today you always like to do something fun (laughs) middle of november what's going on today yeah our tradition middle of november every year no this is uh we like to check in every few off every so often throughout the season the top three teams in the league and the bottom three teams in the league Mm. and um i figured we start with the top three make it fun make it positive and you want to go first john you want me to go first I think we stagger them because I think it's easier to pick the bottom three than it is the top three because things change. Like at the beginning of the season, I was all in on the New Jersey Devils. They've had injury issues. They've been all out of sorts since Jack Hughes went down. Their captain just went down with an injury. So things are definitely changing in the Eastern Conference and the balance of power has shifted to their interstate rival. It's, they're not interstate rivals. They're not in the same state. Is New Jersey a state? It is. It is. Yes. New York's a different separate state. Very so good. Yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with this. My top team right now is the New York Rangers. I know the Boston Bruins are playing fantastic. They've only lost one regulation game. They're playing lights out. The Vegas Golden Knights are playing fantastic hockey as well. The New York Rangers are eleven two and one. They've been playing fantastic hockey. Their defense is lights out. They're getting goal scoring up and down the lineup. We've talked to Lafreniere. Capococco's playing great. It's it's really nice to see everything come together for this team. They are my number one team. I think Jonathan Quick was a very smart signing this offseason. Or did they get him last year at the deadline? Was this this past offseason? It was. I don't recall. No. It had to have been, but I, I'm going to go with them with my number one team. I know people don't like that because they always flake out in the playoffs. They're kind of all flash, no gas. I, I like what they've done this offseason. Bringing in Nick Bonino, he's kind of solidified that third line. Barkley Goodbro gets pushed down to the fourth line where I think he's more effective. Vincent Trochik is having a great year. Blake Wheeler still, you know, a little bit of meat on the bone there. He could play a little bit better, but... The usual suspects are playing great. Panarin, Kreider, Zabinijad, those guys are playing fantastic. And then on the back end, Keandre Miller has taken his game to the next level. Jacob Truba is still just Terminator out there burying people. Even with their best defenseman in the lineup, Adam Fox, Eric Gustafson has filled in admirably. I think he's played great. We talked about him last episode. So I don't know, Tim. 
I'm drinking the Kool-Aid this year for the New York Rangers. I think they're playing great. I called them in the offseason to win the East, and so far, I like what I'm seeing from the New Jersey or the New York Rangers. What about you? Who's your number one team in the show right now? Uh, yeah, it's going to be the number one team in the Why league. Do you That's roll the your eyes? Why do you roll your eyes after that? It's very disrespectful. I'm rolling my eyes anticipating you giving me a hard time over picking the Bruins, but they are the best team in the league. I know it's a little bit of a homer pick, but John, they've played 15 games, one regulation loss. They have more points than the Vegas Golden Knights, even though they played one fewer games. They're just, they're elite. They beat Buffalo again last night, 7-1-2 and two in their last 10. And they're doing it with a, lot, a much different group from last year, especially when you consider the um, the trade deadline acquisitions and everything. It's the goaltending. They have the two best goaltenders, you know, the best tandem and probably two of the top five goaltenders in the world right now. Everything's clicking right. And it doesn't feel as um, it doesn't feel as like last year was almost too good to be true. This feels more tangible and somehow so far. I know we're only in November, but it looks really good. I'm not going to spend too much time on them because I think we might talk about them a little bit for Friday's episode. Um, but yeah, they're my number one team right now. Do you think I let's just stay on them just a tad. Do you think they lean too much on that first line with Zaka Pasternak and Marchant? Because when you look at the games, they really they really carry the load when it comes to offense. And then when you get to the second, third, and fourth line, it, it starts to get awful thin really, really quickly. David Pasternak's having a fantastic year. He's got like twenty four points in fifteen games and Marshawn's right behind him with sixteen. But after that, Tim, there's there's a pretty steep drop-off where it's like, what are we doing here? And the defense is not really contributing much. Charlie McAvoy, two goals in 11 games. Then after that, it's just nothing. Carlo's not getting anything. Lindholm's not doing anything. Shattenkirk's been just invisible on the score sheet when it comes to offense. Are you nervous that a team, when it comes time for crunch time, they can just go, okay, we're just going to cover Pasternak. We're going to cover Marshawn, and they're going to go away. Where's the depth on this team? Van Riemsdyk hasn't really panned out that much. Is that, is that a fear of yours? No, no. Van Riemsdyk's been great. I don't know. He, I know he's not putting up a ton of points, but he's been part, been part of a third line that's been very, very effective with Trent Frederick and I think Charlie Coyle. I know they bounce it around a little bit. Um, no, I'm not that nervous, partly for a few reasons. One, they have a really strong system. The defense plays well. They don't need to put up a lot of points to be effective. And they also have, like I said, the best goaltending tandem in the league. So when you've got a goal scorer who's got 11 goals, 24 points in 15 games, and you have like a pretty solid depth behind him, where JVR's got 11 points, John. Zaka has 12 points. Charlie Coyle has 12 points. This is, these are good players that are contributing, and you're kind of getting a little bit um, up and down the lineup. There are a few guys that I would like to get more out of, Jake DeBrusque being one of them. He makes me nervous. He's got one goal and five points. That's someone who's got to turn it around. He's got to really just show us something here. Um, and Hampus Lindholm is a whole other thing where not only putting up points, but he's not been that great defensively either. He's okay, but he's like the only guy in the team that's not a plus basically that's played every game, um, which is a little frustrating. So he was so, so good last year. Um, just a revelation the entire season, 50 something points and plus 50, like he was just incredible. Um, not looked the same since the playoffs started last year. So that's, there's a few concerns for sure. They're not a perfect team, but they're so strong where it matters and they've been winning every game they needed to. So I'm not, I'm not too concerned yet. Okay. Yeah. They're a good team. Like, uh, let's not get a twist. They're still the first place team in the league. They're, they're doing everything right. I think they do rely on their defense and goaltending a lot, which is okay. 
when you have those type of players, why not do that? You got Swain and you got Allmark. Those two guys are lights out. And they seem to play, it doesn't matter who the coach is, they systematically play well. They don't take chances when they don't need to. They're very conservative when it comes to the dangerous areas along the blue line. So I get it. They're your number one team. They're my number two team. How, how can you not take them? So I got the Rangers. I got the Bruins. And my third team right now, you think I would go Vegas Golden Knights. That would be the easy pick. But I just... For some reason, they, I, I just I just don't like the reigning Stanley Cup champions. I'm going to go with the feel-good story, the Vancouver Canucks. Well, what else is to say? Thatcher Demko's playing fantastic. You got JT Miller. You got Brock Besser. They're anchoring that second line. And then when you look at the first line, it's, it's Pedersen. He is playing at an MVP level. He's playing fantastic. Their defense is playing okay. I think this is the crux of this team. Can the defense stay together? And just not go haywire. Quinn Hughes is playing really motivated this year. He's really taking that defensive challenge that everybody faced him with last year. Oh, you're all offense. You don't really try in the defensive zone. Maybe it's the addition of Philip Ronick. I don't know what it is, but he is playing really, really good in the D zone. Tyler Myers is playing okay. Ian Cole is a good kind of safety blanket for him. So it all hinges on that group, Tim. If they can stay together, if they can continue to play solid in the D zone, this team is very, very dangerous. Their offense is the best offense in the league. I think they've scored 66 goals in 15 games. It paces the league. I think the next closest is 58 with Vegas Golden Knights. So they're, and I know they had the 10 goal game versus the San Jose Sharks. That helps out a little bit, but they're still a very dangerous offense. If they can continue to get decent play from the back end, this is a real deal team. I think this is the team that we've all anticipated and wanted them to be for the last four years, and it never really came to fruition for whatever reason. Maybe it was the coaches, who knows? But Rick Tockett's got these guys playing really, really strong. They just took Connor Garland off the trade block. He was apparently out there for teams to kick around, and they just said, you know what, we're going to stick around. We like our team. We're going to keep him around. He's been playing pretty good hockey. So they got some good wingers of Pedersen. JT Miller's playing his feisty old self. Brock Besser scoring some goals. I like this team, Tim. They are my third best team, shockingly, in the NHL right now. It's the Vancouver Canucks. How wild is this? Usually at this point in the season, they're in fire sale. Like, what do we do? Let's get rid of everybody. Now they're the third best team in the league. It's incredible. Yeah, I, I really like them, but I, I can't consider them a top three team, especially when you look at who else is in this group. And I, I don't know how you could not have Vegas in that in that group. The reigning cup champions, they are scoring goals. They're not allowing a ton. When you look at their roster, it's not Jack Eichel who's leading the charge. It's not Mark Stone. It's not Chandler Stevenson. It's William Carlson. He leads the team in goals. He leads the team in points. He's plus 12 on the year. He's doing everything right now. He even has a shorthanded goal as well. And they're getting pretty good goaltending. Like they're just, they're just very, very good. And there's a very strong chance that they're back in the cup finals. There's a very strong chance they repeat. They could pull off a, a Tampa Bay Lightning. They're, they're just that good up and down the lineup. And they're kind of getting contribution from everything. There was a great play last night. They did lose last night. Um, but you see, see that hit that Dylan McElrath threw on, I uh, forget who it was, but the, the big body check. Did you see that? I did not see the hit. I saw the dirty hit uh, in that game by Cotter when he took out Coots Nets up, but I didn't see Dylan McElrath. What okay. happened? Yeah, just a, a nice, clean, perfect body check. And then uh, McElrath fights Colasar right after. Um, just a great little play. But Colasar, even though he only has one point, again, like contributing, protecting his teammates. So Vegas is clearly the number two best team in the league, in my eyes. And the third one is this tough. I, when Bruins, Vegas, I really went out of my way, like all morning, coming up with like reasons and excuses, being like, okay, how can I, how can I figure this out to not have the, the Rangers in my top three? 
I'm like, how can I make this work? Because I really just, my pride, my ego wants to not pick them, but they have to be. They're 9-0-1 yeah. in their last 10. They have arguably the best goaltender in the world. All the offensive players are there right now. And what's different, too, for this group is that you're getting contribution from the guy. We always talk about Lafreniere. That shootout goal we had the other night, did you see that little backhand over the shoulder? Incredible. It's a goal scores goal. Yeah, and that's not something like it takes a lot of confidence to even try something like that. And that's not something he probably would have attempted a year ago. So he's here, he's scoring. Um, and that that shootout goal won't even count on the stat sheet on his record, but he's still something it's really impressive to see how he scored it. So the Rangers are just they're so good right now. So those are my top three. Ovechkin, those goals count for Ovechkin, I think. <laughs> yeah. So he he gets those for his total goal count. The reason I picked the Canucks and Rangers over the Knights, uh, the the Knights had a great start. I think they started the season seven wins in a row, six wins in a row, something like that. Their last ten, they're very beatable. Like you said, they just lost to the Washington Capitals three nothing. So they have shown cracks in their game. Whereas the Rangers and Canucks are playing great. You mentioned nine zero one one for the Rangers. The Canucks are eight one and one. They're both playing very good hockey, and I, I just think right now. The three best teams are the Bruins, Rangers, Canucks. So that, that's my reasoning. I know the Gold Knights are right there. They would probably be my fourth or fifth team. The Panthers are playing pretty strong hockey, too. Like it, There's some good teams that are starting to come to the top after shaky starts. The creme de la creme. Then don't look now. I think I might have to reevaluate the Washington Capitals after last night. They played really solid hockey. Like They really <sighs> did. Smothering defense. Ovechkin is non-existent. He's not even a factor, and they're still winning hockey games, beating very, very good opponents. So we might have to take another look at that. I might have to do a deep dive in the Washington Capitals and watch some games and really dig in. They still have a if, minus if goal real deal team. <clears throat> it's crazy. They do. Um, but they yeah, 8-4-2. Give them credit. All right, now yeah, the worst they're, teams. They're winning, they're winning games. All right, the worst teams. Can we just get the elephant in the room out of the way because this this team could potentially set the record for worst team in nhl history the way they've started it's it's the san jose sharks right they've played 16 games they've gotten five points five points don't you mean five wins john no two three and one they're absolutely atrocious they're oh seven and oh on the road they haven't won a game away from the tank they're just absolutely it's it's really, really bad. They're garbage. They've only taken one game to a shootout, and they lost that one. So they've had a lot of regulation losses. Like, this isn't something where they're just having bad luck in overtime, bad luck in the shootout. No, they're just a bad team. This they're might gold be differential. a silly question, but, like, if you're a team like them who's completely out of it, even if you're not having the worst season, but say you're a regular last-place team, do you take any solace in those overtime losses knowing you got a point, or do the points not matter at that point? It's just a loss is a loss. Well, no, I think you you can use that as a motivation saying, you know, we could have won that game. You know, we were in that game right to the very end. It was just a puck bounce here, a penalty or a giveaway here or there. We could have won that game. That hasn't happened for the San Jose Sharks. They're averaging one goal a game. They've played 16 games. They've scored 21 goals. That ain't good. In today's game, where offense is just a premium, everybody's running and gunning, and we're trying to score as many goals as we can, they got 21 goals, Tim. This is this is historically bad. Usually bad teams, they'll, they'll throw up a five-goal game every once in a while where the other goalie is just having a tough night. Not so for the San Jose Sharks. They are. I wonder how many times they've been shut out. I didn't go through their their records, but they must have been shut out at least three or four times because it's, it's historically bad. And they've given up 72. 
72. The next closest is the Wild, who everybody thinks they're this, you know, they're, they think I'm crazy. The Wild's given up 64. So those two teams are just atrocious. The difference is the Wild have scored 50. The Sharks haven't even scored half that. So they're dash 51 goal differential. I know the two 10-goal albatrosses, you know, help that. But still, even without those, you're, it's, a, it's a bad team, too. It's a bad team. That, there's, there's no way around it. This team is going to stink. The, the question is, do they get 10 wins this season? Because right now, no, they don't. If, if you average this out to end the season, they're, they're sitting at nine wins. Maybe eight. This is, this is not good for the NHL as a whole. Ugh. I don't know. Are they your worst team? Can you just say that? Yeah, they are. And I'll give you a couple others, too. So obviously the Sharks are the worst. There's no one close. Um, the Edmonton Oilers are right behind them in terms of points right now, but I'm not putting them at that bottom tier just yet. I think they're going to turn it around. They have to. They're too talented not to. So I'm going to jump ahead to the Nashville Predators being the second to worst team. There's just not a whole lot going there. They're not scoring a bunch of goals. They're not letting up a ton of goals. They're just right in the middle. They're very just mediocre. There's no, I mean, Philippe Forsberg has never taken that step that we thought he would take, especially after signing that big contract. Um, they are saved a little bit by um, uh, their goalie. but even like, Soros. Yeah, Roman Yossi is not having his best season compared to some other years. So I would put them as the second to worst team. And then third is the Columbus Blue Jackets. There's just not a whole lot to be excited about there. We we talked about them at length before. The offensive guys aren't going. Johnny Gaudreau is getting benched for Pete's sake. You are you got Fantilli. That's exciting. You've got a couple of guys that are doing a little bit here and there, but you're not getting the best out of um, uh, of Gaudreau, of Line A, of of Warren Jenner, of Marchenko, of Provorov, yeah. or Roslovic. Anybody on that team? Can you believe they do not have a guy with ten points yet? Crazy. They've played 16 NHL hockey games. They do not have a guy with double-digit points. Johnny Gaudreau has six points, for Pete's sake. Six points. This is a guy, and just take this for what it's worth. This is a guy who three years ago, three years ago, had 115 points with the Calgary Flames. 115. Was that three Two or years two? ago. It was yeah. 21-22. 21-22. He's got six points. He's got one goal. It's it's amazing how far these guys have fallen. I don't know. Does it does it make you give more respect for Matthew Kachuk to how he's flourished in Florida, regardless of who he's playing with? But Johnny Gaudreau has just completely. I don't know. Last year he had a good season, seventy four. But man, six points. Do you think he wakes up in Columbus and regrets signing? I was just less thinking money. that. Yeah, like why would he – he had to pick it knowing – I don't think he'd be this bad or the team would be this bad, but he picked it because it's a quiet market. He got his money. He can get out of the spotlight and just collect the paycheck because he could have gone to the Flyers. He could have gone to the Rangers. There were a lot of other teams that wanted them, and he didn't go. Um, he picked Columbus for whatever reason. So I don't know if he regrets it because I'm much – what did he expect was going to happen? I don't know. He Maybe he thought he was going to catch fire with Patrick Laine and, you know – really really catch fire but it just hasn't happened i don't know has there ever been i don't want to say a letdown because he's still a good player he still gets 20 30 goals a year but from when he was a rookie in his second year to really lighting it up he almost got 50 goals patrick lining has there ever been such a just like a disappointment from a player 
than Patrick Laine that you can remember in years past because he he still produces. That's the thing. He he's a good player. He you can pencil him in for twenty five. But this was a guy who was destined for superstardom. Like this was a guy who was going to get fifty every single year, like Ovechkin and Stamkos and these types of players. Like he was a sniper. And now he gets 22 or 23. Like, it just seems like, what happened to him? I The only other player that comes to mind in this younger, recent generation is Carter Hart, where he mm. was Carey Price, you know, 2.0, and then now he's forgettable. And, and I think if you dive in, you can, you can look deeper and say, okay, he's actually playing better than the stats say, if you look at the team and the competition and all that. But he was so, so good, and he just fell off a cliff. And I think him and Line A probably go hand in hand for that reason. All right, my next worst team, I got the Sharks at one. My next worst team is the Calgary Flames. And this is just because it's just a whole, it's all-encompassing from the top down. This this whole franchise is in complete disarray right now. And much like the Columbus Blue Jackets, Calgary Flames don't have a guy who's gotten 10 points. That's a concern. When you look at today's game, we, we talked about the San Jose Sharks. I bet the Sharks don't even have a guy who has five points. It's just concerning. Nazim Kadri, their lead scorer, he's got nine points. Then after that, it's just eight. Mangiapane, Lidholm, much like Johnny Gaudreau, Jonathan Huberto. I, 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 there's, there's not enough words in the world to talk about how bad this guy has been since he became a Calgary Flame. So they're a mess. They're an absolute hot mess. And at least the Columbus Blue Jackets, they're not in disarray. Players aren't asking publicly for trades. The GM hasn't cut off talks with all the players as far as contract extensions there's not drama surrounding their best player asking for a trade says he doesn't want to be a part of a rebuild like Nazim Kadri did this week their best defenseman isn't calling out the team in public saying we're bad we need to be better we got to stop being selfish like Zadorov did a few weeks ago this is a dysfunctional group and the wins are not going to happen so I, I fully expect this team if they can to be blown up there was a potential, there was a possible contract on the table for Noah Hannafin for $60 million. It makes, makes me believe it was an eight-year, seven-year range. That got pulled. Tanev is on the block right now. Zadorov is rumored to be traded in the next week or so. This team is going to be decimated. And that's the best thing that happened for this team because they, they just don't work. There's some talent here, Tim. When you look at the roster, it's not bad. But I don't know who mixed them together and this and that. It ain't working. Again, does this just go to show how great Matthew Kachuk was? Taking this group and making them really, really competitive and a good hockey team, all of a sudden Kachuk leaves and it's just like a fire. Everything doesn't work. It's like, what what happened from one year to the next? It's crazy. But yeah, this team is bad, Tim. Like, it's really, really... Remember, I think last week we are saying who has the potential to, to improve? I think both Edmonton and Calgary are a complete mess right now. But Calgary, way worse. This team is is awful. I don't know. I don't know how how else to say it. They're really, really bad. So yeah, they're my second worst team in the NHL, which is incredible with the roster that they have put out. It's just it's it shouldn't happen. All right. So did you do your three? I can't remember. I did. Yep. So what's your third? Oh, my third one, and this is tough because I, I want to hang the pick the low hanging fruit. Edmonton Oilers are a, a whipping boy. I, I don't like how they did Jay Woodcroft dirty and fired him after a win. They should have fired him after the loss to the Sharks. Whatever, Nashville Predators. I think they deserve to be there. It's it's tough. It's a team I've played for. It's the Minnesota Wild, Tim. And I'm ba I'm basing this off of maybe more potential 
than actual bad teams because I feel like the Minnesota Wild, if they played the Blackhawks in 10 games, they would win seven of them. If they played the Predators, you know, they, they would be better. But coming into the season, I think the Wild had a little bit more potential than those teams. So I'm going to say the Minnesota Wild. They, they've been very underwhelming. There's no depth there. The defense has been atrocious at times. It's just a very forgettable season for them. The goaltending hasn't been there. I feel bad for Billy Guerin. I feel bad for Derek Stepan. You know, he's he's working everywhere for that team. Friend of the show. So it's just, I do see some potential there. But right now, oof, they're the third worst team in the NHL for me. I just, I just, I don't like where this team is headed. And I don't like, I don't see a way that they can get out of it. Matt Boldy, he's been down. Zook's been playing well. Same with Kaprizov, but not to the point of being able to rescue this team from just difficult situation they're in with their salary cap. So that's my third worst team, unfortunately. I, I didn't want to take the easy way out and take the Oilers because I feel like that's easy. Like, uh, McDavid, uh, I well, the I didn't take them either, but for the reason that I don't think they're a bottom three team, I, even though statistically they are right now, I think they'll turn it around. But yeah, I agree. Do you earnestly, honestly believe that? Well, they're not going to obviously reach last year's level, and and if they they're not that far off from being like they're like they could be statistically out of the playoffs by the end of November if the slide continues. But I think they're going to start winning some games, and I think they'll I, I think they have a chance to compete for a wild card spot. Yeah. Why not? All right. I believe it. I, I think so, too. I think in that weak, weak Western Conference, like I keep saying, that they got a potential. All right. What are we talking about next, Tim? Well, the next thing I want to t- tell you guys about is the Crown Royal Generous Guy of the Week. And this guy's gener- this mm. week's generous guy is Alex Ayafalo, who has eight assists over the past two weeks. So you know he likes to dish the puck. He's very generous with it. And the Jets are 6-2-2 two, and two in their last 10. They're third in the Central. They're looking pretty good. Ayafalo was one of the guys that was part of the uh, PLD deal. And you had said he might end up being the best player in the deal. And right now he's looking pretty sharp. Started off a little slow, but he had a four-point game. Then he had a three-point game uh, in the same week. He's looking really, really sharp right now. And remember, guys, generosity lives in the small things. It doesn't need money or an audience or even acknowledgement. It just needs a few good people. Crown Royal, crown everything. John, what do you think about this Ayafalo guy? Is he going to stick around or what? What do you mean stick around? He's incredible. He's a great player. And I stand by my claim that he will be the best player coming out of this trade. I know Pierre-Luc Dubois brings more than just goal scoring. But I follow it. He's a good player. I think he showed it in L.A. He's getting a little bit more of an opportunity here in Winnipeg. So, yeah. It's working out well for both teams. This is the rare time where both teams, I think, can look at this trade and go, you know what? I think we're doing okay. I think Pierre-Luc Dubois is not doing offensively as well as I follow. Ifalo's got 13 points. Dubois, I think, has eight. But Dubois brings more of that shutdown defensive type of mentality, which fits in with the LA Kings system. They really pride themselves on just smothering offenses, making it hard to score. They don't need to score four or five goals like the Edmonton Oilers do in order to win. They can score two or three and get the W, and I think Dubois plays well into that system. That that translates into playoff success. So I think he's the perfect guy, whereas the Winnipeg Jets... They're not in Stanley Cup mode. They're kind of trying to figure out where they are. I know they just signed Shifley and Hellebuck, so maybe they think differently. But, yeah, it's a win-win for both teams so far. But, yes, I stand by my sentiment and statement that Ayafalo is the best player in this deal. And I think it's showing right now. In year one, do you love it? I love that you said it. Yeah, I actually like him, too. I thought about picking him up in fantasy. I haven't yet, but he's looking pretty sharp right now. 
<clears throat> all right. It's all about the fantasy for Tim. You got to live in reality. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's not fantasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. Thank you. Speaking Thank you very of much. fantasy, there's going to be a guy who's going to jump on everybody's radar soon because he's been rumored to be signing by Thanksgiving. It's Patrick Kane, former friend of the show. He's been working out like a dog, rehabbing from his surgery. He's feeling good. He's feeling frisky. He had his hip replaced, which is a big one. That, that's a big injury. But with today's modern medicine, you can do anything. So he's back. He's been skating. He's now started to meet with teams. His agent has set up meetings. He just met with Toronto Maple Leafs. He's talked to other teams. Allegedly, teams in the mix are Florida, Tampa, Carolina, and Dallas. And then a slight, slight chance the Buffalo Sabres hometown team. Kevin Weeks has reported this. What do you make of this, Tim? First, I got two questions. Where does he sign, obviously? And two... Does he move the needle like he would in years past? Or is this more of a depth signing? Or what can you expect out of a Patrick Kane? Um, so everyone, the buzz right now is Toronto. That's who we met with on Monday or Tuesday. And he basically, everyone's saying, oh, he must be signing with Toronto. He's getting ready. He's having those conversations. He was in Toronto meeting with the leadership, the ownership group, whatever. So that's kind of the buzz right now. And, and everyone's talking about, him and Matthews, you know, the, the the first and second generation of the best American players um, in the last 20 years and all that. And there's a lot to be excited about there, but I don't think he's the right fit for Toronto. Um, to me, I think Florida makes a lot of sense. I think if I'm Patrick Kane, choosing a warm weather team, the tax stuff, like all those obvious reasons, but also like just getting on that roster, you've got your finishers on that group. But adding another like elite playoff veteran who has experience, who can dish the puck, who can fit in any role and up and down the lineup at this point, who's probably willing to, I mean, obviously not going to play a shutdown role, but he doesn't, we talked about this the other day, he doesn't need to be on the first power play unit. He doesn't need to play first line minutes. He probably doesn't want to. And I feel like he would fit really well with that group. Similarly with um, Carolina too. But if I was a betting man, just based on what I've read and what my gut says, I think it's going to be Florida. Yeah, I think Carolina is is not an option. I, I think they're just wash, rinse, repeat this team, the Hurricanes. They just are good, but they aren't good enough to win the Stanley Cup, unfortunately, because they have a great team. They just, like we've mentioned time and time again, don't want to invest in that premier player to to, to kind of take them over the top. And they'll they'll be there, but they'll lose in the second round, like they always do, because they don't have that superstar to really – produce when it comes down to crunch time i like what you said with the florida panthers i think that works well i think the toronto maple leafs don't need another right winger they don't need another left winger they're set on the wings i don't know why they're even kicking the tires on patrick kane i don't think their problem is scoring i think their problem is defense i think their problem is just continuity they don't know who they are so it's never a bad thing to add a patrick kane like he will improve your team, but I think where he makes the most difference is either Florida or the Dallas Stars. I truly believe those two teams are going to be where he lands. I think Florida works out well because he can slot in on the first line. Dallas, he, he would look nice with either a Jamie Benn or a Dadanov or a Wyatt Johnson or even down the third line with a Duchesne and a Tyler Sagan. 
that's a smart play for him if he goes to the Dallas Stars. You can kind of bury him in the lineup, put him on the first power play unit. He would look good there. There's a lot of him. And this doesn't make a big difference. I know he's friends with Joe Pavelski. They've been on the United States Olympic team together. He's friends with Suter. They've been on the Olympic team together. He's familiar with some guys in this team. So that does help when you're looking for a spot to play. Uh, imagine American line, Pavelski between Kane and Jason Robertson. That would be fun. Even for even for a game, you know? That would be cool to try. Yeah. And it does make a difference because um, people think it doesn't. To to have that and then Pavelski's close to his age, Suter's close to his age. Like I know they're friends. They golf together, they're around each other. Not a lot, but enough to be buddies. Whereas you look at a roster like the Leafs, it's like, who do we know? They're all young, kinda Tavares, he's not friends with. The, there's there's no familiarity. The Rangers are out of the mix, but there's Panarin, the Detroit Red Wings. Everybody thought he was gonna go to Debrinket, but it does make a difference. There's no state tax in Florida or Dallas. You get more bang for your buck. It's warmer. You can have a little more outside time. So I think those two teams make the most sense to me. And they're both really, really close to being a Stanley Cup contender. So I don't know. Dallas or Florida is my guess right now. Yeah, that makes sense. I would like them in either of those spots. And it turns out that the Rangers right now are no longer in it. And some reports said they were, they were never in on him this season. Um, and they weren't interested. And so... That was a lot of buzz. A lot of time with the smoke, there's fire. It doesn't seem like that was the case this week, but we'll find out. And hopefully we'll find out in the next week or so where he signs. Like, like you said, it's supposed to be by Thanksgiving. We'll know. What's a good number for him? Oh, that's a tough question. As soon as you asked it, my mind went to $3 million. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's smart. I think if he goes to Florida or Dallas, it might be in the 2.5 range. Just because of no state yeah. tax, but I, I think yeah, three is a solid number, prorated, so he won't make three, so he'd make a little yeah. bit less than that. But yeah, and I I think going back to the Rangers, I think it's a good thing for them not to dip their toe in the cane water. I, I think it's good we're letting these young kids play a little bit more, and I, I know I've talked about this at length, but like if you bring in Kane, it sends a bad message to this team. It's like okay, we don't have it. We're gonna we're gonna limit your ice time, Lafreniere or Kako. Let them play. This is it. Like you, you have to at some point just take the training wheels off. This is who we got. Let's see if we can win win some games. So I, I like that they're not doing anything or dipping their toe in the cane water. Yeah, they'll make some additions at the deadline, but playing pretty good. All right, what else are we talking about, Tim? Well, we're going to wrap up with our quick hits, which are brought to you by DoorDash Canada. If you need quick delivery, use Nation 25 for 25% off and free delivery. That's Nation 25, all caps, only in Canada, coming soon to the U.S., Let's start Is it with coming soon to the Mac. U.S.? TBD, but we hope We've so. been saying that for a month um, now. Con- our well, poor, our, poor, our um, poor listeners in the States, they want some DoorDash. It's not, it's not us, everybody. So if you're in Canada, you're welcome. Nation 25, 25% yeah. off and free delivery. If you're in the U.S., you could suck it. You ain't getting any deals on DoorDash from us. Not from us. You got to pay full price. Um, Connor McDavid was not happy with the signing. He was told that he was not told about it, that he woke up to a text and tweets and everything else, just like everyone else did about the Jay Woodcroft signing. And so I don't want to get into the whole, he said, she said that we talked about the other day. Um, But this is the quote from Merrick talking about McDavid quote. He is legitimately pissed off. He's had it and he's like legit pissed. So not happy. Um, not happy. I don't know what else you can do. What I mean, what comes out of this? Probably nothing, but just an interesting anecdote that he was not in the loop and is not happy about the changes. Jeff Merrick talking like a teenage girl. 
He's like legit pissed, <laughs> you guys. He's like super mad. Like no, I've never understand. seen him this mad. You guys don't even know. He's like he's best. <laughs> All right, what else are we talking about, Tim? On the quick hits brought to you by DoorDash. Our old buddy Shane Wright was sent back down to Coachella Valley in the AHL. So he had a pretty solid start to the season after not making the team out of the camp. Had four goals, six points, and seven games down in the AHL. So we got called up last week, played three games with Seattle, no points. But I did see a couple of tweets just saying that he had, you know, he looked better, has matured a little bit, has a little bit of a heavier shot. So I think we'll see him back up before the season starts. But he's back down with the with the minor league team for now. John shaking will his be head a now. For, forgettable NHL player. <laughs> it's it's so funny all the drama with him and Sakovsky. They're both going to be out of the league in like five, six years. <laughs> Just like, yeah, yep, all that about all that for nothing. Good for him. I, I have nothing yeah. against the kid, but if you haven't done it yet, like this is, it's not going to happen, in my opinion. All right, what else, Tim? Okay, uh, the the Devils placed Nico Heischer on the injured reserve. That's uh, retroactive back to October twenty seventh when he got hit. So it's not a new injury, but they are putting on the vet on that and they called up Colin Miller. So hopefully he's back on the ice soon. I don't think there's a timetable yet, but obviously they need him. They need him and Jack both to be healthy because they're slipping a little bit. They and are then, slipping in that competitive conference. They got <sighs> Timo Meyer. He's still, I, when I watch him, he looks incredible, but then he just can't score. I don't know what it is. Like he's so strong. He's so smooth. And then he just can't finish it. He's all Swedish. No finish. <laughs> Last thing here, um, Buffalo last night lost to the Bruins, and they had a tough injury loss. Tate Thompson is going to miss, quote-unquote, significant time. So we got hurt a couple of times in this game because he got tangled up with McAvoy, and then just a weird, um, I, said, I think he got cut or something, and he was okay, and he, he'd kind of power through it, and then he blocked a shot with his hand or his wrist, went down the tunnel, and he's going to miss a good chunk of time here. So that could be weeks, that could be months, we don't know yet. We'll probably find out in the next 24 hours, but... Pretty tough hit for Buffalo, who's already not had a great start to the season. And then the last thing here is uh, a little anecdote, a little bit of an update on our old buddy, Eric Carlson, who you dropped in fantasy. And I just want to let you know what he's done in the 17 days since you dropped him. He has four goals, seven assists, four power play points, seven shots on goal and 13 blocks. Basically, he's been like the best player in the league since you dropped him. Would you like to comment on that? A little bit of motivation. Yeah, that's why I do it. So players listen to this show, and I, and I did it for him. So you're welcome, Pittsburgh. I, I'm happy he's doing well. I've always been in his corner. I think he's one of the top defensemen ever to play the game. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I shouldn't have dropped him. I kept, uh, who did I keep? Shane Goss's bear. That didn't work out. He's, he's really gone silent. So I only, I only dress three defensemen now. My, my team's in shambles. It's not, not good. You can't win Take them 10 all. Ten minutes today and figure it out. I will. That's right. I will. I won't. I won't. But I will. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We appreciate all the support. We'll catch you. We got an interview coming up next show. So yeah, tune in for that, and we'll talk to you all on Friday. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. 